So I would like to welcome Larry Bollinger. He is the president of Asia Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary, and we are so delighted to have you. Thank you. Thanks. Well, thanks, Pastor Tanya. That's a prophetic statement, isn't it? Well, I have a deep appreciation for your pastor, Pastor Dan and Nancy. They are good people. And so um, I'm happy to come fill in in a time of need for their family and grateful for the relationship we have with them. Um, and I appreciate that you are a church that is looking out for them. I'm, I'd love to hear you talk about how you're going to support them in December. I know that you'll be extra, especially generous with them and... and uh, I do know that they have gone through a difficult year for many reasons, like many of us. So it's great that the church family can support them in this way. Well, all of us are familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan. And in that story, it started because Jesus was asked, uh, what is the greatest commandment? Do you remember? The Pharisees were asking him. They wanted to make sure they followed all of the rules and laws. Uh, they were particular, a particular group of people about being particular about the rules that they followed. They believed this, that if they followed all of the rules for one day, that is, every Jew followed all of the rules for one day, that the Messiah would return. And so that's why they lived their life in this very legalistic fashion. And so here comes one asking Jesus that simple question, hey, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus' response was, well, love your neighbor as yourself. And then to make sure he understood and could follow the law perfectly, he asked the question again, well, who, who is my neighbor? Right? Who is my neighbor? In other words, surely you don't mean love everybody. You know, who specifically is the neighbor that you want me to love? And then Jesus breaks out into the story of the Good Samaritan. And that's the story of the Samaritan that we're all familiar with. Right? Jesus explains, well, there, there were... There was a man that was beaten on this road to Jericho, and as people passed by... All of the Jewish people, the people of the law, the Pharisees, they looked at him and they didn't want to bother and they kept walking. And then Jesus was very specific to say, but then there was this Samaritan, this non-Jewish person, this person that the, the typical Jews thought less of. And he stopped and he helped and he took him to shelter and he paid with his own money and he healed his wounds and Jesus turned back to the leaders and said, now who was a neighbor? Said, oh, that's, that's harder. That's more difficult. But actually the story that we're going to talk about today is of another Samaritan that Jesus interacted with. So this isn't just a parable. This is actually one that he interacted with. 
This is the story of the Grateful Samaritan. This happens seven chapters later in the book of Luke. So in Luke chapter 10, we have the story of the Good Samaritan, but in Luke chapter 17, we have the story of the Grateful Samaritan. There is lessons for us to learn about the story of the Grateful Samaritan as well. So let me read for you this scripture. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria, Samaria and Galilee, speaking of Jesus. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. Now it's it's probably important to note here what that meant. There were a couple of theological things that it meant to be a leper and some social things as well at this time. Uh, Lepers were considered by the people of the law to be unclean. And you would think maybe they would be more sympathetic, but their theology actually led them to believe that their uncleanliness was a fault of some sin in their life or perhaps the life of somebody in their family. And so they were required to declare themselves unclean. They might even have a bell ringing it. And as they walked through the streets, they had to tell people, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Can you imagine doing that? I have COVID, you know, I don't know what today's modern day equivalent is, but there probably is some, except that usually, generally today, we don't accuse people of sinning because of their illness. I mean, imagine if everybody who got sick, you, you decided that it was because of, they must have done something, they must have not been living right. You know, they, they did something really terrible and therefore they got cancer. Yeah, it sounds crazy. I mean, I remember we we had a a member of our family, a a nephew of mine, who was eight years old. And he got a brain tumor. And it was difficult. He eventually passed away. But can you imagine us going to the parents and saying to them, what is it that you did that gave your son cancer? I mean, this, this, was, this was the theology of the day. You remember earlier in scripture, the story of when Jesus healed the blind man. In fact, when the blind man came to him and they, they met, somebody asked, hey, uh, why, who sinned that this man was born blind? Do you remember that question? Who sinned that this man was born blind? And, and Jesus not wanting to get into a theological debate about whose blame it was, entered into shifted directions and entered into a conversation about grace. And he said, nobody sinned so that this man would be born blind. It was done so that God could be glorified. And then he healed the man and he went away. Well, I mean, imagine... Here they are, lepers, and people are looking at them saying, not not only do they suffer from the physical ailments of the disease, 
but they have this social suffering as well that says, well, I don't know, you must have done something pretty bad for you to be unclean and to have gotten this thing. The social stigma, the embarrassment, the, the, the doubting of themselves in all of this. Well, this day, lesson number one that we learn from this group is what happens next. Uh, here we go. As he entered the village, he was met by ten leopards who stood at a distance, as they were supposed to, and lifted up their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Here we go, lesson number one from the lepers. It is all right to cry out to God. Even, or maybe even especially in the midst of your suffering and anger and disappointment, it is okay to bring those requests to God. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I am angry, I need help. Why have you put me in this place? And here are the lepers breaking protocol saying, hey Jesus, come on, help us. I remember the story from Moses in Numbers chapter 11 when he was being frustrated by leading the people of Israel. And in Numbers chapter 11, he said a prayer to God that I would probably be afraid to pray to God. I mean, by this time, the nation of Israel had gone through miraculous exodus from Egypt. They had been wandering around in the desert and they, they got tired of eating manna and they wanted meat. They were like, Moses, do you remember when we were back? in Egypt and at least we had meat to eat and they started complaining to Moses all the time and Moses was so frustrated you know all they had was this manna that God, God miraculously provided every morning so Moses had this conversation with God in Numbers chapter 11 he said God why have you put the burden of all of these people on me what have I done to displease you you know have I have I given birth to these people? I mean, he's being a wise guy. Did I, did I give birth to them? Why do I have to carry them in my arms to a land that you promised an oath to their forefathers? And then he, he says this, hey, and if this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. Right? Can you imagine this conversation with God? Well, I want you to know it's all right sometimes to be angry and maybe you're even angry at God and you can bring all of those issues and your anger and present them at the foot of the cross and bring them to Jesus and say, help me. Why am I in this circumstances? Now, Moses' story turned out okay. God eventually helped him. He told him, listen, you're gonna delegate. I'm gonna provide meat for the people, so much meat that it's gonna be coming out their nostril. That's what he said, if, if you wanna follow up in that story. It's gonna be coming out their noses. I, 
I would not like to have been around for that meal. I can imagine uh, better dinner manners than that. So the example of the leopards. It's okay to call out to Jesus and it's okay to complain. Jesus, have pity on us. Now here's another lesson that we take just from the context in this scripture. And that is this. That the religious people were more worried about the cause of people's sin than they were about the reconciliation of the sinner. So, like the story before, they believed that they deserved it. I don't know what the modern day equivalent is. But as the church, you have to remember if you're somebody that comes to church every Sunday, maybe when you were growing up like me, you came, whatever it was, three, four, five times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, if there was something going on with youth group on Friday, maybe that's you, right? That was me. In that context, we are the religious elite. And we probably got wrapped up in a lot of rules and a little bit of legalism along the way. Do you hear me? And, and maybe when we have that on our mind, we occasionally look out at sinners and we think of all of the things they don't deserve and the wrath that they do. And like the Pharisees, we worry more about their sin than the reconciliation of the sinner. We're, we're concerned more about whatever political stance we want to push against them or whatever voice we want to speak out on the internet or whatever place, whatever place we have. And we show our wrath and our anger, but not our love that leads people to God's grace. Not our love that leads people to God's grace. So that's lesson number two we can learn from this scripture. Let's keep going. When he saw them, Jesus, when he saw them, he said, go to them. Go and show yourself to the priest. He's talking to the lepers. Go and show yourself to the priests. And they must have agreed, says and as they went, they were cleansed. So while they were on their journey to find the priest, they were cleansed and healed of their leprosy. And remember, this is a, this is a healing that is not just physical. This is an emotional healing as well for people who have been in isolation, a social healing that they can now be brought back into the place with their family. They can go to synagogue. They can show up at church and nobody's gonna be looking at them with accusations and telling them they're unclean. 
worried about touching them. Then the story continues. Here we go at verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And now Luke goes through great lengths to also tell us, uh, now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except the foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Mm. Wow, Jesus calls out the other nine. Those who were Jewish, those who were particularly deserving of the redemption of a Messiah. And he, he says, why is it then that this Samaritan is the only one who is grateful enough to come back? Where are the other nine? What happened that the other nine didn't come as well? Jesus said in another portion of scripture, hey, there is nothing wrong with the law. And so these Pharisees and the Jews that were following the law said, there is nothing wrong with the law. He said, I have even come to fulfill the law. But the law is not enough. Jesus wants to know where our hearts are also. He said about the Pharisees, Listen, you are clean on the outside. You ask me these questions about the rules and the legalism and the law. And you want to be clean looking on the outside. But you are dirty on the inside. And he tells them it would be better for you to be clean on the inside and dirty on the outside. And so here, a story of now the grateful Samaritan coming back, being grateful to Jesus, thankful for Jesus for what he has done, and Jesus helps him to be clean on the inside. That extra blessing that this man got, I imagine this wasn't just a physical blessing that said you are made well, it was also a spiritual blessing as well. Jesus cares about what we're like on the inside. And this last lesson, right? Here we are, the week of Thanksgiving, where we sit down and we take some time to think about all of the great things that have been done for us, the things that we have. And this lesson we learn from somebody who is probably outside of the context of our religious elite, those of us who have been coming here all the time, but somebody who is grateful. Can we humble ourselves? Sometimes our eliteness and our religiosity 
stands in the way of our humility. I think that even our theology should be humble enough to admit that we might be wrong. That's a dangerous thing, right, for a guy leading a seminary. I don't think we are wrong. We preach and think and teach a certain way, but we have to be humble enough to think that we might be. We might be wrong. That would have us approach people in a very different posture and in a very different way and in a way that I think would be pleasing to Jesus. How we interact with people with, with a, in a pluralistic society, frankly, even within a pluralistic denomination, how we interact with people matters. And can we be grateful? Can we not let our piety stand in the way of our gratefulness and our thankfulness? as we think about what Christ has done for us. So, this week, when you sit down with your big turkey, I heard there was a shortage on turkeys, is that true? Did everybody get a turkey? I mean, I went to the grocery store and it looked like they had a pile of them. So, I got one. If you didn't get one, I'll tell you where I went. So, we can be grateful for the meal at the table But think about being grateful like the Samaritan leper because the transformation and grace that God has offered to us for the cleansing on the inside is something more magnificent than us being perfect on the outside. And God wants to use our humility to continue to change and shape and move us into places of useful servanthood for him. And I, for one, am grateful for a God that allows us normal, regular people to be in line with his mission in this world, that we can join with God in his work. That is one of the things I am most grateful for, and I am grateful for God's salvation that he gives to us. Well, I'll end it there. I I, I was talking to Bob Cornell earlier, and he said, Dan usually talks an hour to an hour and a half. Is that true? (laughs) So I don't want to get anybody in trouble. So Dan, forgive me if if you're watching this and I don't go an hour and a half. Uh, But your people are sitting here with big smiles on their faces and I think they are even grateful and thankful that they can go to lunch. Let me close with a word of prayer for you. Jesus, the lessons that you teach us throughout scripture are amazing and thank you for the lesson of the humble Samaritan who after you touched him was grateful and came back and expressed his appreciation to you and so We do that now, even in long lives of fellowship in the church, we are still grateful for the things that you have done for us. We pray that you would help us to be clean both on the outside 
and especially on the inside. That we could be useful vessels and servants, that you could fill us up, not with legalism, but with love. That would reach out into a community that might not think or see or believe the way we do, but when they look at us, they would see the love of God in us. And they would be grateful for the Manchester Church of the Nazarene and its members. Uh, And they would see your love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Using the words from Paul in Romans 15, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a great week.